Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And straight after the NRL Grand Final into the Origin Series for the first time, being played on consecutive Wednesdays three weeks in a row, a very different circumstance to what we're used to. Definitely going to be interesting and a big challenge for the players, and I think those extended squads are definitely going to come in handy, Boxhead. Yeah, they will. It's going to be a bit of a battle of attrition for the next 14 days, isn't it? So three games, 14 days. Uh, usually it's two games, 14 days, so the load's been increased by you know, a third, and it's on the back of what has been a long season for some of yep. them. So Basically, like we said, in, two mini pre-season after the pre-season, jumping back in. 20 straight rounds, um, some obviously well, eliminated. the only break they've had has been the COVID break, which was probably a month, I guess. But even then... By the time they stopped and then started again, and then really it was only over Christmas. They didn't have games, Otherwise, this time, usually this time of the year, teams are coming back into pre-season training at the start of November. So well, teams are two weeks away. For, well, we start, we start on uh, a week tomorrow, so we're eight days away. And I know for a fact, speaking to a few people that are in the league. Dragons, I think, are due back in two weeks. So teams that are eliminated finals-wise are back yeah. in two weeks' time. So we talk about the extension of the season, COVID, and getting back on track. Origin is obviously a must. It's a necessity. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting to see it this time around in this format. Bubble situation. There's there's still things around this besides just football. Massive. Like said, yeah. Some guys are on the high of the grand final. There's a couple that would be burning off the loss or a prelim loss and be maybe keen to try and exercise some demons. Some guys, for all we know, um, in particular, I'm not trying to single him out, but comments from people like Campbell Gillard beforehand saying he realistically didn't want to go back into a bubble situation but is in camp now. There may be a few guys who are in there who may not have their heart you know, fully there, which I'm not questioning anyone's commitment, but it, it is definitely a different year. It is a different circumstance and it's going to be a different series. Uh, I'm sure for the first time in a long time as well, we might see some rotation just off the back of how players yeah, pull you're up. You're going to have to. You're going to have to, absolutely. Yeah, with the short turnaround and guys will still be carrying niggles or issues coming out of the season, I'm sure there's one or two there. Um, we've already seen it before game one. Talk about Pappenhausen's Achilles are not being available. Teddy's been racing the clock to be available um, for this game as well. And there was a few other blokes under clouds as well. So, mm. um, yeah, it's definitely going to be a different series, but exciting nonetheless and interesting to see how it works out, I guess. Ratings-wise as well at the back end of the season because there was some talk at the start of the year that if this was a success and it worked out in this format that they'd push to have it this way moving forward. But I guess your argument is quality of the product as well. Players available after a full season, you know, injury-wise. And then at the moment, we interrupt the season somewhat, so does it make it fair? It doesn't make it fair for all teams. But if you want to talk about premium origin product, I guess when teams are eight to ten weeks into a season played their way into form, are playing their best football, then heading into origin. It's probably the prime time of the year if you're going to pick the best players. So I don't think you would have seen Penrith win seven in a row if there was origin in the middle of the year. I think you would have, only because I think that early in the season they wouldn't have maybe picked a couple of these kids. I think the full outcome or the full picture of the season 
has led to it. I dare say that the same two teams in particular that would have had the heaviest origin toll would have been Melbourne and the Roosters. Mm. Um, the Raiders obviously had would have had a couple as well, but I, I think in the normal year with the games that got played early and the win streak they went on that they maybe wouldn't have committed to picking a few of these guys. And I guess, again, the extended squad situation wouldn't have been there. So you wouldn't see yeah. a Luai. Uh, you may have not seen a Yo just because of Jake, even though I disagree with that. Um, you probably wouldn't have seen a Crichton either. I don't think under the, these circumstances I'll let it all play out. But um, yeah, well, this may this may be permanent moving forward, depending doubt on how it, it rates. I, I doubt it. Um, yeah, I, I still kind of think why I'd like the NRL season to be uninterrupted and think it makes it fairer. The best product generally is Origin, and the peak time to play it is when they generally play it form-wise, fitness-wise, etc. Yeah. So uh, different-looking year, as we said. The squads for Game 1 were announced. New South Wales side of things. Fullback James Tedesco has been cleared now, so we know he is playing. Tupo, Adokar on the wings. Jack White in one centre. Gutherson, the other centre. A surprise for some. Um, some others, not so much. Luke Keary and Cleary in the halves. The front row, Daniel Safiti and uh, big junior Paulo. The nine, Cook. The back row of Cordner, Frizzell, Jake Trebojevic at lock and the bench. Cody Walker, Cameron Murray, Angus Crichton, Payne Haas, and 18 uh, to 21 in the extended squad. McInnes, RCG, Nathan Brown, Lomax. And obviously there's some guys outside of that. On the Queensland side of things, AJ Brimson is the fullback. Xavier Coates, Philip Semi on the wings, the centers, Branko Lee, Dane Gagai, the halves, DCE and Munster, the front row of Papali, Christian Welch, Jake Friend debuting at nine. Plenty of talk around that where there's going to be Grant, Hunt, which combination of the two, uh, the back row, Cohen Hess, a surprise to me, a surprise to some others as well, Felice Kafusi and the lock starting with Tino and named on the bench, Jai Arrow, Jaden Sewer. Lindsay Collins, Ben Hunt, and their extended squad is Kate Well, Mawiaki, Fotuaka, Dunamis, Louie, and Heimel Hunt. So taking into account uh, those two 21s box set, I guess on the Queensland side of things, as to be expected, with the players that were unavailable, an absolute swag of debutants. And a given for game one, a couple of suspensions as well with their 27, two guys that likely would have been featured in Valentine Holmes and possibly Corrent Allen for a debut, given their season's form. Uh, on the New South Wales side of things, I guess you probably got the opposite problem. Um, you probably could have made a case for a few guys to be playing. You probably had some more options for how you'd play your bench, how you'd start your lock. There's probably some more headaches there or some good headaches to have, I guess, from a New South Wales perspective. And, you know, only a handful of guys, I guess, from injury that are missing out. But at the same time, Queensland can never be counted out. They always turn up. It's a one-off set up like this. It's a one-off <clears throat> gig for Wayne Bennett. If there's one thing Wayne Bennett can do, it's uh, get players up for an occasion, and in particular an ambush. Yeah, the only... Well, there's a few little standouts or a few little issues. I, I can't believe Isaiah Yo and Stephen Crichton can't get a spot. Uh, I would have played Jack White at six, and I've said that strongly. Uh, or at worst, I would have played him as a 14. I, I think playing him at centre, I get it, but... I don't think it's fair. He's just won the Daly and Medal at 5'8". Uh, I, and I know you just pick your best players and put them out there, and Freddie's been quite strong on that as well. But, yeah, I, if this looks to be the most uh, lopsided series in a very long time, realistically, when you look at the two teams. So, 
yeah, I, I expect New South Wales to win. I, I don't think it really matters. Like, I don't think there's going to be a lot of pressure on selection. I think man-to-man, for the majority, we're better than Queensland. and uh, It's dangerous. I feel like this is a da- very dangerous series for New South Wales. If there is an element of complacency uh, that, that creeps in, it, it could be extremely dangerous because if Queensland gets some confidence, they've got a lot of young players in there who don't have those scars from being beaten for the last couple of years. They're trying to usher in a new era. They've got very experienced coaching staff who are proven performers at origin level. So I think I think this is Brad Fittler's, it looks on paper to be his most, probably easiest assignment, but I think it'll be his most difficult from a coaching perspective, just to get them, get their heads in the right spot. Uh, the fact that it's at the end of the season. Yeah, different situation. Um, it, together, it all bodes it? well to be the underdog. Yeah, it's... And I think if you're... New South Wales is... It looks New South Wales is serious to lose, that's for sure. If you're going to have eight debutants in a game, now's the time to do it. Yeah. Neutral exactly. venue, COVID circumstances. I know the crowd restrictions probably won't be as bad over there, but coming back to New South Wales... Uh, there'll be a restricted crowd again, so it won't be as bad as typically it would be yeah. to probably play an origin game. And then the game at Queensland for Game 3, if it does get to a point where it's a one-off series, would be the ideal scenario for a young side to head back home if yeah. they can get a win in one of the first two games under the circumstances of uh, you know the COVID-affected season and, and try and finish the job at Queensland. But, yeah, I think it's similar to you. Uh, I don't see it happening, but nothing would surprise me in particular in this arena. If there's any time you are surprised, it's in an origin game. Yeah. Um, or if there's any time where people do surprise you or lift to another level, it is in the origin arena. But uh, I guess, where do you want to start? We want to compare these two teams. You want to go through each one individually? I don't want to go through each one individually, no. Oh, well, let's we, just have a chat about what we how we think the game will go. And let's, uh... We can look at some pros and cons, but I guess on the Queensland side of things, if you want to start there, um, similar to you, I guess, as far as squad selection or differences... I think there's not a whole lot of flexibility, in particular on the back line and the injuries they've had. I think the halves were always going to be pretty obvious unless they wanted to play Hunt in one of those spots. But Munster, <laughs> DCE, um, they've been the combination for the last couple of years. They've been the Australian pairing for the most part the last couple of seasons. So that's probably the most stable pick you have straight away. No, the halves are a slam dunk. The nine situ- yeah, the nine situation was one. You could throw up lots of different questions. Was Friend finally going to get... That opportunity, he's had his injury issues, he's had his problems, but he's a hell of a leader. He's a great defender uh, under the new rules, though. Is that the right option? Would you have been better off with Grant and Hunt? Is it too much of a stretch to go with another debutant, I guess? Um, and then at the same time, when you've got all those debutants, do you want some experience? So clearly, Bennett feels like he needs someone who's an older head, a tougher player around that middle, to probably guide them around or give him a bit of help. And I think that's why Friends probably got the nod. Obviously, on utility value, Ben Hunt gets the nod over Harry Grant because Harry Grant's basically a specialist nine. Hunt can obviously play halves nine as well. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of one out there. I think there's nothing that really surprises me again. Like we talk about injury, and we know those two players in Holmes and Allen are unavailable, so I gave them less options in the back line. The only other healthy outside back, realistically, there was Heimel Hunt, unless they choose to play Catewell as a center. Uh, but the, the forward pack situation kind of surprised me just in the way that they've picked things. Like, Papali, Welch starting front row doesn't surprise me. Felice on the right edge doesn't surprise me. The ones that got me is Hess starting on the left edge, which I'm still not convinced is going to happen. And then Tino starting at lock. Not because I wouldn't feel that he can start in the game, but I just thought they would have looked to have more impact off their bench. The way they've picked this side now with Arrow, Sua, and Collins coming off the bench, to me, is more workmanlike bench. Like, Sua 
can play middle or move to an edge, but he doesn't strike me as someone you're going to bring on as an impact player. He's better when he plays the eighter. He's a tough defender. Arrow's a grinder. He's a worker. He's not really an impact player, and Collins is a straight up and down again. Yeah. More like a tradesman-like player. Takes his tough carries, does his job. I thought they would have leaned towards having Papali, Welch, Felice, and Sua to tighten up their edges and then probably start with Arrow to get through that tough period, do some dirty work, and then more likely try to unleash somebody like Atino. And I thought they would have probably picked a Moeyaku Fotoaka type body to have two guys that come off the hat, offer a bit of footwork and offload a bit more of a bump. Um, and then your third bench option, you know, you could have went with a Catewell or if they wanted the third middle, they could have had Collins or a Carrigan, etc. But it was more just the makeup of the starting pack and the bench that surprised me. This to me more feels like trying to hold on to start with and match fire for fire. And then you bring in guys more workmanlike again to maintain. And I feel that if you're trying to maintain, then you've already basically not conceded, but playing it safe to me. I would have rather try to bring some impact off the bench, start off with what I just said then and, and yeah, hold. I, but I think Queensland are going to start with their best 13. They, they can't leave anyone on the bench. I, I, I'd be well, for me then, emptying the till and, and I'd be picking my strongest 13 because... There's no point talking about impact off the bench if you're already down 12, 18 points. Mm. And then the, and the game's other... sort of already gone and you're chasing the game. You need different types of players to chase chase games. So, yeah, I tend to agree. I think New South Wales can be a little bit more creative with their bench because they're probably, you know, the more favoured side, the more talented side. But Queensland, I think they need to tip their best 13 out there. They, they, they can't afford to hold anything back, they need to start all guns blazing and try and unsettle the Blues. There was a murmur going around today because obviously they had the injury scare with Coates, who's now been cleared, that they're thinking about having Coates pushing Catewell into right centre, dropping Semi out of the side, having Gagai go over onto the right wing. Like Coates, oh, There's all these sorts of reshuffles. This is pretty normal. Usually every year the Queensland talk is there's a virus sweeping through and everybody's sick and this person's injured. I don't know what they're going to do there, but I think the least of their worries is trying to come up with too many reshuffles in the back line. Um, if Branko Lee is the right centre, as he was for Melbourne, I'd assume they'd possibly go with him and Coates on that side of the field instead of Sammy. And I thought the left side, they'd probably go Gagai in the centres there with Munster and have Sammy on that left wing. Um, as to how that plays out, I'm not 100% sure. I guess for Coates, they'd be looking for him for a kick target, but there's two on that side of the field. So unless they feel like they want to try and flip that match up and get Coates on Addo Carr. Addo Carr, obviously pretty good under the high ball at club football. He yeah. can drop one at times, but he certainly can leap for it and compete. Um, but yeah, there's that, that move that was touted today, that the possibility of Catewell being a late change into the centres and a reshuffle there. Uh, yeah, that, that would surprise me. The, the yeah, Catewell struggled at centre in the NRL. So I'm not sure why he'd throw Catewell into the centres in an origin match. If you've got an outside back, pick an outside back. Don't play someone out of position. But well, the two moves—that's that, me. That's my opinion. If I was making changes, and again, I would make these changes, but I don't see why you wouldn't just name it. I would have had Tino, as I said, on the bench, and I would be dropping Hess all together and have a Moiaki come. Yeah, in, I agree. And yeah. I'd be starting with Aaron Sewer. That's my opinion. Yeah. Um, then again, like I said, I'm not throwing shots at old Wayne Bennett because he's won six comps or whatever, and I haven't. So. Yeah. Um, completely understand the rationale. But the side that's on paper now isn't necessarily the side that'll run out no, either. And so. I think he's the kind of person that would play those sort of games or you know, yeah. head down that garden path. But I guess working through what you'd want to be looking at for them, 
I think the big thing, they have to start well. Plain and simple. Maintaining is one thing that like we talked about, but they have to start, start well. well. They need to win the middle as well. They need to... Papali's the key. I, I really, really look at New South Wales' back row in particular. Cordner looked injured, flat, yeah. tired at the end of the NRL season. Frizzell hasn't played for five weeks, mm-hmm. and he didn't have a great year. Jake Chaborovic, again, hasn't played for five weeks. Didn't have his best year. No. Uh, so the, the the back row there, I think, can be had. The front row looks fairly strong for New South Wales. Saifidi, yeah, okay. I want to see him really bring it to start an origin match to prove his worth there as a starter. Cook sort of came good at the back end of the year. So there are some holes there in, in terms of form for the New South Wales side. I understand what Freddie's doing, picking incumbents and sticking with the side that won the comp or won the origin series last year. But, you know, how Isaiah Yo hasn't got to start in that pack is a little dumbfounding for me. Uh, even if you wanted to start Jake at prop, if you want to have Jake in the side. But I don't think on form, um, Jake probably deserves to be there. I'd even argue that Angus Crichton probably deserves to be in front of Cordner well, on form. So I'd throw this one out there, right? I've had this argument with a lot of people. With all the talk on Jake, and he's a good footballer, he's, you know, he's like an extra half, he's a ball player, good defender, etc. His carries okay. But I look at New South Wales and I go, well, Cameron Murray... Dale Finucan, Isaiah Yo, we have, even Brown. We have multiple guys that do the same job, if not better. And defensively, I know... Oh, I'd have Brown in the side. They talk about his tackling technique. One criticism, I've said this before, he does chop blokes in half, but he hits low. He hits so he gets ball, caught yeah. at the play the ball a lot of the times around the legs. Offensively... I'm, I'm not bagging him as a player. No, I'm not bagging I, him as a player. I get, I get why, he's, why he's there. But on I'm talking set, about form. I'm talking oh, I, about... I am too. In the I'm last also, five weeks... I'm talking about form and skill set. Those guys are all as good a players, if not better. For me, if you said to me tomorrow... They're all they're different players. You could sign out of these couple of guys who would you be preferring around this rep arena, especially with the six-again rule. I'm taking the more mobile guy. Like they've all got a pass in their game. He probably has a little more subtlety to his passing game, but yeah. I'd take a Yo or Murray, a Dale Finucane, Nathan Brown. If we're talking about 13, straight up and down, I'd almost take every single one of those guys before I'd take Jake in this new... Style of game, yeah. um, and then yeah, on form like you said, Yo this year been absolutely exceptional on the mill. So, a bit of a surprise, but yeah, on the Queensland side of things, obviously starting well, but the middle is a must, like you talked about. Welch he improved at the back end of the year. He's just going to have to grind, work his ass off. But the real key there is obviously Josh Papali. If he gets a good roll on and they don't do a number on him and they get some second phase, they're going to need friend to jump out, be a bit creative, kind of push in pairs, get Tino involved nice and early. Um, along with Papali, see if they can get him going, because with Melbourne, obviously, found some tackle breaks, some good play the balls, and if that gets going for them, uh, that obviously opens up what they're going to be looking to do, which is probably get Brimson around the football, pushing through the middle, working off that second phase like he did for the Titans. He's definitely someone you've got to look out for with quick play the balls, jumping out of dummy half, popping up with these new sort of rules, and uh, I have no doubt that their left side is going to be their dominant side with Munster. Gagai, that's where I think he's going to be playing semi, uh, depending on some sort of reshuffle, but uh, the other side of the field there, if it is Branco and Coates, I, I kind of see DCE more acting as the man who steers the team. Important for the kicking game, to take the pressure off friend Munster. Uh, he'll use Felice there somewhat as well, but I don't really see him being as dominant down that right-hand side with Branco and Coates as what they would be to the left. So, yeah. you know, if they, if they get some traffic early, I think the main thing for them, if they can win the middle and move the ball, is test out the Gutherson playing at centre. He's played some junior rep football, centre's fullback wing, etc. But it's been a couple of years. 
I think the one real plus side for Gutherson on that side of the field is inside is Nathan Cleary and Frizzell, who are both really good defenders, particular Nath as a defensive half. And Addo Carr, why at times has a tendency to jump in. One thing he's proved at his time in Melbourne and in Origin is no one covers ground or, or covers better on the outside once they jump back in. So uh, I'm sure he'll be the target there for Munster and Gagai and that left edge if they can get down there. Hess in attack, I can kind of understand inside 20 and good ball if you want to play short. But on the flip side, defensively, I think he's a real liability with him and Munster being next to yeah, the He was struggling to make the Cowboys side by the end of the year. Mm. <clears throat> so, it's a, yeah, it's an interesting selection. Yeah. As far as, you know, just the the workout for them and looking at this team, like you said at the start, I think it's of massive importance that they have a low error rate, Queensland. They yeah. can't afford cheap ball. They need high completions, and in particular defensively. Um, I think they've got to bring it, got to have good line speed, got to really ramp up, stop the second phase, just make it a dogfight, really. Especially, like you said, with so many debutants, and uh, that, that halves pairing going to be leaned on so heavily, and a couple of those veterans like a Papali, I think, yeah, massive for them to have high completions and be especially good on the defensive side of the ball. Friend, yeah, I think that's one main reason why probably Friend's in here in this group with some of the young guys they've got to try and lead that line, ramp that up, be a real, real cement uh, for that pack and work in the middle of the field for when they get those other guys in the field, unless they do make some late changes like I'd like to think they would. But, yeah, that kicking game from DC, like you said, him in particular, he's the main source of all the kicking. have no doubt he's going to see some traffic, lots of kick pressure. Uh, Munster's kicking game's not terrible, but you basically know what he's going to be doing. He's more that prototypical kick from the 40 or the 50, Try and drop it inside the 10 there. There's nothing really exceptional about his kicking game. Friend at times likes to dabble, but we find ourselves when we watch him play most of the time saying, don't do that when he jumps out to kick, in all honesty. Yeah. For a few years there, it looked like he uh, sort of developed, but at times there, he can get a bit kick happy or come up with an ordinary one. So, um, yeah, that, that's going to be a real point of contention from them is how they kick off the back of Cherry Evans. Uh, I think as far as them as well, for the way they like to play, we are talking about trying to work to that left-hand side, but I think if you're going to pick out individuals as well, I have no doubt in my mind they're going to want to hit that Kiri corner spot like you talked about. Canberra found a real weakness in those two on the back of injuries, concussions, any of those concerns around there. If you can get any sort of traffic at those two, in particular Kiri, uh, in this arena, I have no doubt they're going to try and do that yep. if they can get that happening. Find a way, maybe work that right corridor, get Felice pressuring the inside shoulder, and the outside shoulder of those two guys, get traffic there for Parley, Tino, maybe just have a channel set there. They try and really test those two out if you're going to attack a point. Uh, if there's anywhere else, I guess, if they do end up finding themselves in an arm wrestle or get an advantage in the middle with these new rules, one thing that's a strength for New South Wales, it could also be flipped the other way, is that big forward pack. Having Safidi and Paulo, who are definitely mobile, good feet, offloads, <laughs> etc., they're not as good laterally when it comes to defence. So if they can build some momentum there or get a bit of a roll on, uh, I have no doubt they might be able to try to isolate those guys if they get a roll on through the middle of the field Fair. and try and work them over as well. So um, that all obviously depends on getting a roll on or second phase or being able to generate some quick play the balls. But the biggest X factor in this lineup for me is the inclusion of Brimson. His form at the back end of the year and his impact on the game for the Gold Coast Titans and under this set of rules, he he's the difference, I think. In all honesty, like if they're going to win with this side, in particular this spine, and the rotation they've got, and the edges obviously defensively if they hold up, I think 
you talk about points. The, the halves are there. They're very different. And the nines, tradesman-like, and I'm sure Hunter will bring a point of difference off the bench when he comes on. He's more of a runner. He'll get out of dummy half and he'll bring a kicking game. But I think Brimson is the real X factor here. If he can get himself into the game for the middle of the field, jump out of dummy half if they get quick play the balls or have one at marker, sweeping around, just kind of pop up as he does. He's such a dangerous mm. ball runner. Mm. He's one of those guys, again, that if there's a quick ruck and you isolate, say, a Paulo or a Safidi or they get Kiri on the back foot or corner or something like that, Brimson's the guy I'm going to be looking for or not, just around the football with how dangerous he is running. That's fair, yeah. He's the one. Yeah, uh, and he's got no scars. He's young. He's explosive. Yeah. He's, but again, hasn't played for four or five weeks. So it's going to be interesting to see what sort of um, impact that's going to have on guys that finish the season with some momentum. But it's been a little period of time now. So yeah, yeah. This game one is going to be interesting. Usually, it's probably the most hype game and fastest game of the series. But yeah, it might, it might just be a little bit of a feeling out game and. Maybe the quality will pick up as this as the series goes on. It's yeah, interesting because we've never seen it played in this format, so mm. it's hard to predict how it's really going to happen and how it's going to pan out. I think they're going to need to really help each other out in yardage as well. Um, like Coates, when he played for Brisbane, he he does carry hard, but he carries upright and he's young. And if he gets stuck into him, they didn't put him off when I watched him during the year, but he can get beaten up a bit. Yeah. So I look at him. Well, he's only young. Yeah, Sammy's got a good carry as well, but he can make an error, so if they can isolate him and ramp up. Brimson's obviously a smaller body, so same deal again. Uh, I look at those three and think they're going to need as much help as they can get. Branko, he's got an okay carry. Gagai's the one in years gone by that you look at in origin, in yardage, and just think he's been an animal. For a bloke that's smaller, he just seems to find something different when it comes to this arena. But yardage is an area, again, that also concerns me. Um, if New South Wales can do a good job on him and you know, just early link-ups. If they get pinned in a corner, I think it's going to be very, very important that they link up at the back and just get central, worst case, if they're not getting yards. Yep. They can't get trapped uh, working out. In red, like you said, coming out, I just think they're going to be real basic, real simple, typical Wayne Bennett, do all the basic things right, rely on DC, just getting a good kick. And, you know, in the normal flow of things, like we spoke about, second phase, if possible, in particular from Tino Papali, Try and get that middle going. See if they can get some quick play of the balls in particular. Get that left edge going to Munster and see if they can get him involved. Hopefully he's not still too hungover after the talk that he asked for an extension. He's treated himself like an amusement park. It's, uh, it's always a bit of a worry heading into an Origin series when one of your, your strike players is uh, keen to bender for another 24 to 48 hours. He didn't look, all, didn't look all that impressed or in that good a nick for the team photo. So hopefully he's... Had a bit of a cleanse the last few days and got himself ready to play. Some origin football. He's entitled to celebrate. Oh, 100%. Uh, I think... But I'm surprised. I guess they don't really have an option to play someone else there. No. It would have been Hunt otherwise and play you someone could play else Hunt on the bench. Yeah. But, yeah, obviously they've gone uh, that way. And I guess the other thing is the bench. If things do stay as per program, when they come on... Uh, I think the biggest thing is maintaining things defensively more than anything. Yeah. Attack-wise, you know what you're getting out of Collins. Sewer, if they play him as a middle, uh, you know, he would just have a tough carry. You know he's hard to bring down. Arrow, he gets an offload every now and then or he gets himself between defenders, but I wouldn't say he's the biggest impact. But those guys, when they come on, they just have to be great defensively. Yeah. Keep things tight in the middle. Uh, I'm still not convinced, like I said, that this 13 will run out as per program. No, if, I'm not either. But if the bench is going as is 
plan right there. To me, it looks like a maintained bench, a defensive kind of thing, just to start off strong, hold, and then try and maintain and put a big influence on those halves, controlling things, trying to get your monster running, getting at that left edge, getting Brimson involved in the game, high completions, and just being absolutely savage on the defensive side of ball as long as they can. But does that hold up, like we said, with the lack of combinations with so many debutantes? Uh, yeah, I... I'm, I'm worried about a lot of things. And like, I look at someone like a Branko Lee. Yeah, he played for Melbourne in the grand final, but that, that edge for us wasn't great. He's good with the ball. He does his job. He can isolate someone if he gets the ball early one-on-one and get a bit of a flick, but defensively, he can get caught out. Yeah, He can make an error. Um, and for this arena, I think, good on him. He had a fantastic season, but I don't think he's, you know, if it was on the New South Wales side of things, we're not even talking about him playing rep football. No, exactly. There's right. a real shortage in the outside backs. For Queensland, great forward pack options. I think the spine, even with you know a little bit of a form wise, there's some really good guys there. But my biggest concern is easily the back five, yeah, and their edge defense. Um, so that's a real point of contention. But yeah, I think Hunt is the real one off the bench with those guys that brings the point of difference. Like we said, to come on with a dummy half kicking game, likes to run if he can get that opportunity there. I'm sure he'll bring a bit of a spark when he gets on uh, compared to Friend after he tries to start off with that solid defense, but. Uh, he's definitely same deal. Coming off that bench, out of all those guys that are mainly probably going to be working, uh, he's the one who's going to have to bring some spark and a point of difference, I guess, at dummy half when he gets on to. Yeah, exactly. Um, we've seen the year prior when he got pushed to dummy half after starting in the halves, 40-20 late in the game, applied some pressure later in the series. I'm pretty sure he kicked another 40-20. Yeah. He's actually pretty handy out of that apartment. But, um, yeah, biggest thing, still again, low error. High completion, try to get some second phase in particular with Tainal Papali on the field and just defense. Because when you've got that many guys that are brand new, not played together, that's the most critical thing in particular. Their edges. If they don't hold together, uh, in particular their right hand edge with that New South Wales left side, I think they're in for a long night. A very long night. And just helping each other at the back. If they can get out of corners, if they can link up, get some push on their carries or get a quick play the ball, play one or two, they just have to get off the back of it straight away. That, yeah, I think real point of focus is going to be at that left edge and how the halves control things and get AJ into the game and carry these young blokes. But on the flip side, you look at New South Wales, same deal. They're going to be looking to me for a fast start with the way they've picked this side. To have those two big middles, um, they're clearly looking to offload early, get some second phase, generate some ruck speed, get Cook going straight away. And you think, Jake, why, again, form-wise, I'm not sold on him playing there. Having him out there, in particular, those two big front rowers, early I can see him going to line and playing short and trying to isolate people and get Safidi and Paulo going and get some second phase. If they get going early and get Cook going, I think they can really, really open up the middle. Um, well, they, of course they can, yeah, yeah. They open the middle up. We know what Tedesco and Cook have been like the last few years. They've been our best two, probably in origin. Is Tedesco healthy is a real question and if he gets to the 80. But um, if those guys do that job there, similar to Queensland, this left-hand side looks red hot. If they can get things opened up and get early shifts going out to Keary, Cordner, Whiten, and Tupo, you've got the majority of the Roosters combination. He's going to have Tedesco playing on that short side as well. If there's one thing about Jack playing at centre, and I know, like you said, form-wise, he justifies playing at six. You're trying to get your best players in the field. I can completely understand. But the best part about his game is he's just pure running the ball. Yeah. And... Stacked him with those guys there, marking up on Branko or attacking Cherry Evans or having Coates out there. I think they can have an absolute field day. 
Yeah. I really do. And even playing it through, I think he has a huge impact on the game. You can give him it one-on-one, and he can beat someone with his feet or physically. He can run holes, and defensively, he's a sledgehammer. That's one thing you're not worried about. If you've got any worries, like you said, I think it's more Kyrie and Cordner, and if the few weeks have done him some good. Best form, they're outstanding, and Cordner has been an absolute warrior in origin. In particular, all the tough carries, all the dirty work, he's using the man for that job. Um, and Kiri, I guess your biggest concern is just not copping a knock. Best form, he's an absolute world beater. He's won multiple premierships. He's got players on that side of the field, um, obviously, that he's going to be familiar with, plus Tedesco behind him. I can see the logic. Um, and Tupo, again, as far as yardage, finishing, kick target, I can see all the reasoning behind that as well. I have no problem with that. That left edge is going to be pretty heavily favoured, I'd assume. The right-hand side, Cleary, um, it's his team now. They brought Maloney back in last year after starting game one with him and Cody. I think he's proved this year that without Maloney, that was his football side and he can control. Again, primary kicker. He's going to have more help, I guess, than on the other side of the board. Kiri does have a good kicking game, particularly inside 20 in an attacking kicking game. But I think Cleary's job is to steer this team around, kick well, and make sure he puts that left-hand edge or Kiri and Tedesco in positions to, you know, try and line up that left-hand edge. Yeah, And okay. get at that right-hand side. Isolate <clears throat> Branko, work them over. On his side of the field, I have no doubt he's going to test Hessen Munster. We've said it before. Munster can be suspect at times with his hands. Hess this year, if you go back and watch the video, so many poor misses where he's just caught flat-footed or caught out on his inside shoulder. Or lazy, yeah, doesn't just, get back on side, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. I, I don't know if they would be going on video, but if I'm watching that, I'm telling Tedesco to be just dropping inside or sweeping around, play two or three wide of the ruck and just drop back in and try and play on Hess. Because he's someone I think you can really pick on him and Munster. Yeah, I agree. Um, even Frizzell. Just putting Frizzell on Munster, working him over. Gagai on the outside. Sammy in his first game. Particularly when Munster blow point oh nine. <laughs> Fresh off a ladder again. Yeah. So. Uh, and much like Tedesco, I guess. He got to the grand final pretty good with his knee, but um, that burst still hasn't gone away. But, you know, as far as how much they go to the right, probably not as much. Gutherson, I think if there's one thing you can say about him at centre or attacking, he's got a good catch pass. Yeah. He's proved that at fullback. So if there's an opportunity there to create a two-on-one or put space, there's no doubt his priority is going to be putting Fox away. Fox, predominantly from my memory, carries right arm, even when he plays on the left-hand edge. Mm. So prototypically, he's carrying the wrong arm for the edge. He generally plays on for Melbourne. So playing on the right there probably opens him up to fend. Um, but yeah, I, I think similarly, they're going to be probably right side dominant, but um, that sort of space, no doubt. Munster, Hess, play short, isolate with your back row, tip back into that space, keep Hess accountable. I, I'm, again, I'm still not convinced he's going to be playing, but if you get a roller on in the middle and things tighten up a bit and you can isolate those guys, they'll definitely see some traffic there. Um, the bench, the options there are endless. I guess your bigger question is if things go well, where do you, when does Cody Walker get on? I don't know if you need to use him. Well, he might not. <clears throat> he might not. That just gives you more interchanges to use for your middles, which is okay. Yeah. But if you need a spark, you know you've got him there. When does he go on? He's, you'd be trying to use him the back end of each half. So he might not use him in the first half if things are, you know, so-so. You're ahead. You're happy. Uh, but you may. You may be behind and lacking spark, and you may throw him out there. I think Murray, it's pretty straightforward. They'll go small ball. Paul Safidi come off. Murray and Haas go on the field, bring you know some footwork, offloads, quick play of the balls. Murray in particular last year, he was outstanding off the bench for New South Wales. He generated great ruck speed and his impact stints. 
the Crichton one is the interesting one for me as to whether they bring Jake off for I think they'll bring Jake off for a rest and more than likely push Frizzell in for a middle stint and put Crichton out on that right hand side. How you work that? How many minutes? Do you change that over again and give Frizzell a rest and roll someone back in? I don't know. Or do they just put Crichton in straight up as a middle? Like, he's proved he can play 13 or an edge. That doesn't matter. Yeah. He's got a great carry, good footwork, and can produce an offload. But do you assume he'll use all three of them as a middle? Or do you think it's more than likely he'll consider pushing Frizzell in to play some time in the middle and put Crichton Well, he's done that before. He's, you know, and traditionally they've moved Frizzell in. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it'll depend on how the game goes, but it's just nice to have the couple of options there. Mm. Uh, it, it could well be that Crichton will play more minutes than Frizzell. You just you don't know. <clears throat> or Murray. It, it, it may just be that he goes, well, I want the bigger body out there, the more physical body to commence the game, and then, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with Crichton or I'm going to move Murray into, into um, locker. I don't think you'll see Murray play any back row. No, definitely not. Not an origin. Not playing. Especially the, he's have a, he'd have a strategy there. He'll have a couple of strategies for how the game pans out. This new rule set suits Murray playing that role that he yeah, does. Yeah, look, straight I up think... Middle, um, trying to get Cook going. Murray's played really well in origin. And I think he's a real... Probably a player that we've all forgotten about this year because he spent some time on the edge and yeah. he had a few errors in his game this year as well. He never really got going this year. Like, he had a couple of really, really good games, but... I feel like he only scratched the surface on what he can produce, and I think he's had this time now to sort of refocus. He knows he's going to be playing lock when he goes on the field. He knows he's not going to have to play punch yeah, out the eighty. Yeah, less help around him too in the pack. Yeah, so. no, what I'm saying is, yeah. I think he could explode in this series. Mm. Uh, I agree with you. Without Sam, without huge, Sutton, there was a bigger toll on yeah. him in the middle of this year. And obviously, like you said, some games he didn't have as much of an impact because he was asked to play different roles. Correct. Coming into this pack. If they do the job in particular as starters and we unleash him off the bench to bring that energy, no one's got a quicker play the ball. No. He's got great feet. He gets between defenders. He's an absolute pain in the ass. Um, he could make a real, real, real big impact. Would you have staggered Safidi and Paulo as far as yes. know, having Haas and having yes, a, I would have. You know, someone who's more reliable and a grinder and an impact player just to have a, more of an impact front row off the bench? Because... I know we talk about Haas and what he does at Brisbane, but like we still need to be honest in the fact that why he punched out some big numbers this year defensively. That may be a late move. I think Freddie may make a late yeah. change. I'd feel more comfortable with Haas starting, <clears throat> having a good stint, and splitting those guys up to have someone come off. Like, I'd love to bring Paul off the bench, in all honesty. I think Paul is the one who can make a real big difference at like a 20-minute mark or a 25-minute mark and bring an offload in some second phase. If not... Vice versa with Safidi on the flip side. But those two as a combo starting, I can see going two ways, but I think it only really, really works out great if you maintain possession and you've got momentum <coughs> and you're on forward. If you make a couple of errors or get on the back foot and have some penalties, I'm worried having those two out there together starting. Yeah, I'd rather have a staggered combination uh, and have big and small rather than just go straight from jumbo set to a small impact bench and all that lightweight. Just stagger it a little bit more. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, talking about those spots, like we're saying, it's no doubt those two edges. Hess and Munster are going to see plenty of traffic. Branko, inside, outside, and the defenders around him are going to see plenty of traffic, particularly from that ruse to set up on the left. The middle, you know, Papali, Welch, Friend, Tino, I'm sure they'll do a good job, but if they get any second phase playoff, Paulo in particular, who was excellent this year with his offloads, and get Cook going, uh, they're, they're definitely going to be seeing 
plenty of traffic during the night and those guys coming off like your Collins and those kind of guys and Arrow in the middle same deal again being a smaller set with the impact they can bring there if they can open things up it's, it's a game I think made again for Cook who's really shining in this arena along with Tedesco who've just been joined at the hip in that middle part of the field trying to tear up that corridor yeah so yeah I don't really see any late changes for them when you look at McInnes RCG Brown Lomax unless there's an injury or any doubt I guess the only real concern is Tedesco last in the game. It's a real quick turnaround time, probably the shortest turnaround time you can have for the injuries had. If he was to go down at some stage early with a knee, well, then I guess your reshuffle comes into question that whether do you take him off and put Gutherson to the back and then play, say, a Crichton out in the centres? Mm. Or do you put Cody Walker at one? They said he trained there during the week. You know, I get. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. That's a good way to get him running from the back or attacking and introduce another element, but it's not naturally a position that he's played. So that, that's that's a pretty big ask, I think, in particular from the back of the field. I think attacking-wise, it could be excellent, but as far as kick reception, kick return and working from the back end of the field, um, you know, that's probably the only question I've really got if Tedesco goes down. What your best move is? It's probably to put Gutherson in, I guess, and put Crichton in the centres. <clears throat> yeah, it'd have to be. It'd have or to be. Yeah. Murray's proved you can't. You, you can't. Play. He can defend there. Murray's proved he can defend there, but Can't would you want to make Walker that? Can't uh, Yeah, I guess that's probably the one big thing there. As far as the middles, yeah, again, just having some of those bigger bodies, I worry that if they do make some errors or don't have possession, that you could find yourself in trouble or a bit fatigued lateral in the middle with a Safidi or a Paulo or if Haas comes on this year. Like, he's got the motor, but again, defensively, he's still definitely going to work on his technique a bit. Brisbane were awful this year. And why he was fantastic and he makes a lot of good efforts and chase efforts and kick pressures and, you know, second efforts for line breaks and all that. His, his technique at time individually is not outstanding. So I thought they might want to stagger um, the way they start. Kicking-wise, like I said, I think they can really do a job on the back throw. I think bombing someone like an AJ Brimson and just isolating him flat, hitting him, buried coats in that corner like happened with Brisbane a lot this year. Tee off on him if it's semi on the other edge of the field. I think one thing New South Wales can definitely do a really, really good job on is set starts and just absolutely killing the Queenslanders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pin him in a corner, belt him. <clears throat> Makes sense. Yep. They, they've got to win. Queensland have got to win the middle and, and avoid that. That's everything. The middle is the biggest thing. And the one thing I will say, like we said, comparing everything, halves, they've got a great half pairing. Um, they match up. Nine, you said you could argue, do you want Harry Grant, do you want Friend, etc. But you know Friend will do a good job defensively. The forward pack, if, you know, picked the right way or with a few moves, I think can definitely match up if it needs to. The question's definitely the back five. Brimson, I think, no doubt deserves his place. But yeah, guys like Branko, can they maintain focus and not make any mistakes or be defensively great for 80 minutes? The form of someone like a Hess starting, I'm still not sold that's going to be the case. Semi and Gagai combining on that edge of Munster, can they be connected and make good decisions. 
Uh, I think, yeah, that's the biggest question I've got the more we keep going through it is if the middle isn't one or they don't maintain in the middle, can those edges focus for 80 minutes and come up with the right decisions? That's the part that worries me. Yeah. Inexperience, um, lack of talent. Yeah. Eight debutantes. Yeah. Three on the New South Wales side of things. Um, Yeah, again, I think I, I have a lot less questions about New South Wales than I do with Queensland. Let's put it that way. Yeah, me too. Um, as far as guys that haven't played a lot of football, I know they talked about that um, the other day. I heard someone say yesterday, do you think it might be a good thing to get a couple of the guys that have been training for four or five weeks in the bubble a game after not playing for so long as compared to a few of the guys that might be a bit burnt out or belted up after playing last week's grand final? For guys like Nathan Cleary, we said it last week, any of the questions about him not playing, I think it's stupid. I think this is the best case scenario for him after a grand final loss Yeah, is to get a game like this. On the flip side, I think you're more likely people that have played in that grand final have been on the high side of it to sort of have a flatter week off the back of a win, a couple of extra days partying, some more so than others. Um, but yeah, I think there's more vulnerability on the winning side of things to have a bit of an after effect. Um, but I guess we'll find out. We will, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Really, really interesting. Hard to predict. Um, what's going to happen, but on, you know, on paper, there's a clear favourite. But there are so many variables in this year and this series and the schedule and the travel and, you know, yeah. all sorts of things. How, how long players have had out. Um, yeah, Focus. You know, just that's the, right. Yeah, there's there's a, lot of, a lot of things that come in it with what's happened this season, that's for sure. Um, game two, I know we're looking ahead, but if Valentine Holmes and Corey Allen are available, I dare say we see some changes. Gagai is still in your back line. Um, I think Coates, I can see why they're looking to debut him given the year and the circumstances, but depending on what happens in game one, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, if Semi and, Semi and Coates are okay, it wouldn't surprise me straight away if game two we see Val and Allen come straight in and play on the wings. Yeah. The centres are just your real question the whole time. Gagai's going to be a shoe, and I think whether he tries to play Kate Weather, like you said, which has been rumoured, if Branko doesn't defend quite well and has a bad game, does he go with Heimel Hunt, who's played centre or wing? But they're very limited in the centre spot. That is one spot where they've definitely got some issues and they don't have a whole lot of flexibility. No. No, I agree with that. Mm. As far as changing the forward pack as the <clears> series <throat> goes on, you know, if I think if things are done or things don't look too flash hot, you might see Harry Grant at some stage or if there's a dead rubber. Josh Kerr, I'd be surprised, in all honesty, if he was to see some football. I, I, I definitely think Moeyaki will get some game time at some point. Um, and then on the flip side, same deal. If there's any issues with Gutherson, I, I don't foresee there would be, but unless he's absolutely terrible, uh, I would have preferred, regardless of whether those two boys are both left-side players, that a Crichton uh, or a Zach Lomax, who is a right-side player, would have played in that spot somewhere in the series. I'm sure Brown will see some time during the series. Probably one of the only guys I don't think will is probably Luai. But I think Fitler said as much that he's more than likely just bringing him in for the experience of the camp and the whole setup. Yeah. Campbell Gillard, depending on how the middles are feeling, might get a run at some stage. But yeah, I think we might see some rotation more so on the forwards than we will with backs and halves. Yeah, yeah I'd agree with that. I, I don't know what, like, realistically, you don't pick them in your squad unless you're going to use them. Mm. Particularly if that's, uh, you know, whether you whether you have to use them or not is a different question. But uh, you, you need to pick them knowing that if you if the gun's to the head and you've got to pick them, that you're confident in them. So. Uh, Luai was a bit of a shock, but um, you know he's had a good year and he's got that combination with 
uh, with Nathan Cleary. I think they're probably worried about Luke Keary. You know, he's he's had his issues with concussion and injury, and so I mean, it's just probably cover for for Keary. I think the other thing to think about too, and I know completely different teams, different year together. I think a lot of people last year forget how we won the series because they've won two in a row. A lot of people are like, ah, oh, it's bloodbath. We've dominated, but we lost game one last year. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and then game two, obviously in the mm-hmm. rain, we absolutely game dominated. Game three, we won on the belt. But game three, yeah, we we literally we won on the buzzer. So there's a bit of a false thing I've kind of got the last few days where a lot of people are like, oh, we towed him up last year. I'm like, yeah, I think after having such a bad run and then getting two in a row, we might be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. I think we're definitely placed in a better situation as far as player stocks and depth is concerned, but we definitely haven't had a cakewalk the last two years. No. The year before, from memory, game three is when we had the sin bin and we had to hold on for dear life to hold on to win the series. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's it definitely hasn't been handed to us on a platter, but... Fingers crossed some of these young guys turn up. For, for a lot of people, like we said, this circumstance, playing for their state, brings a little bit extra out of some people. Maybe Wayne Bennett can get something out of Hess that we saw three, two or three years ago that we haven't been seeing. Maybe he's got full confidence that can, you know, that's the right move and they can spark him up. Especially some of those guys on the bench get the best out of those guys as well. Get those outside backs to do a job. If there's anyone who's going to get a team up for a game we'll get a couple of guys uh, to obviously buy into the hype and do a job it's going to be Skeletor oh <laughs> oh yes Clint Eastwood back for a one off he's got Big Mal Big Mal walking around as well Oh Pagalabria and Neil Henry's in there too so not a bad staff for a young group coming in like you said with no scars and on Freddie they'd be earthing or grassing and meditating and walk around with their shoes off and all sorts of Strange feng shui. Be all sorts going on. Oof. Bit out there. Oh, big yeah. time. Uh, the other one I kind of did bring up in there, McInnes for me would have been another one. If you look to it and, you know, if they didn't go with Cody and they were sold on, uh, you know, I guess you, you, to me you kind of need cover for Kiri. That's the thing. Yeah. So I guess the other way, if, if you knew Kiri didn't have the issues that he had probably with his head knocks or Teddy didn't have an issue, you could have easily gone with McInnes. For nine cover and extra four, like he was really, really good as the thirteen throughout the year and just plays in the middle of the field. Um, but odds for this one: Queensland are now three twenty-five, a dollar thirty-eight for New South Wales. Uh, as far as the betting is concerned, the line minus eight, one to twelve. Queensland four dollars eight seventy thirteen plus. New South Wales thirteen plus two thirty-five two seventy-five to win one to twelve. You know. I don't know. My tip, Brock, I'm going to go New South Wales by 10. <coughs> First try scorer, because we generally do that for these games. I'm going to go Jack Whiten. I think that left-hand side early. Going to see some football, and they'll, they'll work that over. Um, and man of the match, I'm going to get Cleary. I think first game, burning from the GF. He'll kick well, he'll defend well. Might come up with something, just to, you know, something inside 10 where he throws a dummy or crashes over or pushes to the middle. Probably not one of those games that you're going to realise on the flash of things, but I think he's just going to have his hand in a lot of a lot of things for New South Wales. I'm going to go New South Wales by 20. Wow. Uh, Big win. Kiri, man of the match. What, what else do you want? First try First score. First try score. Daniel, Daniel Tupo. Tupo. Keep reception or through the hands? Uh, either. There you go. Can score and make pie, the big dog. So the first try scorers, the two favourites, no surprise. The wingers, Adokar and Tupo, both $8. Tedesco, 10 
Phillips, Sammy and Coates, both $12 on the flip side. If you like my one, Jackie White and 14 Katie Walker, 14 for the first try. It's going to be pretty hard off the Off the, off the sting. Unless he's randomly finding his way in for something we don't off know. Off the pine. Gagai, 15. Brimson, 15. Gutherson, 19. Keary, 21. Munster, 23. Murray, off the bench, 23. Cleary, 23. Where's the back rowers? That's the one we usually talk about in big games. Cordner, 23 bucks. Hess, 26. Freeze, 29. And Felice, 29. As far as your try scorers are concerned. Where's the any times? Any times. Oof, very short on the wingers for New South Wales. $1.72 apiece. Teddy, 205. What about. Nath, like I said, just jagging something, throwing a dummy, running inside 20. 375, that's not too bad. Brimson, the spark plug, 320. Mm. Ark it up, spark it up, find his way around the football. He could get there. He will get there. Mm. If Cody comes on, makes an impact from the bench. Jackie, just straight up, 270. Mm. Um, yeah, there's some value there, I guess. Men of the match. Teddy's the favourite. Six bucks, seven dollars for your man Kiri, seven for Cleary as well. Some value. Cook's been absolutely outstanding in this arena previously. You get nine dollars for him on the Queensland side. Those halves are super important. Ten dollars a piece for the halves. Papali, seventeen dollars in the front row. Uh, if Brimson, you think could be the big X factor, twenty three dollars from the back. Who's a bit of a roughy? A free man in the match. Hmm. Pretty hard to see anyone outside of those kind of key players, that's for sure. Yeah. But there you go. Origin ones on the cards. Once uh, that's done, back next week, do a bit of a review and then a preview of the other game ahead. Some other news before we go. Uh, obviously, November 1's ticked over, so silly season's begun. Plenty of movement happening. Bulldogs wasted no time. We know they've been scoping out every single bloke who's wearing a piece of Penrith gear. And they've tried to sign all of them. Um, but most of them, Yo's basically shut down any links to the club. No surprise there. Crichton, no surprise. Similar deal. Both expected to re-sign. Uh, the big one that's obviously been floating around for a long time is Burton. And they've put an offer in. As soon as things ticked over, 800k two years. So 400000 a season. They're going in hard. Uh, and I think also a good bit of business for them that they did the other day. Avarillo, two-year extension. Very good footballer. I uh, said before, would have liked to have seen him play with foreign and behind a better forward pack, but in particular, just floating off the back of a dominant half like that. Whether his future's there or at one, um, I just think he's one of those guys that is a really good footballer, a really good ball runner. He's got a pass in his game, but the running part of his game is the strongest part. So one or six, if they get the right seven there and build a decent forward pack, I think he's a big part moving forward for the Bulldogs. Um, some question marks still also over what happens with Blake Green. <clears throat> That's still not solidified. There was talk he would retire or possibly sign with Newcastle be on the coaching staff, but that's all been quiet now for weeks. So waiting to see what's going to come out of that. Um, they're obviously still sniffing around some other players. There's been some talk that Naden will possibly go there. Our prediction has basically been proven correct today that we kept saying that Mansell would be gone at the end of the season. We said that before a ball was basically even kicked. Uh, that's now come out that they've basically given the tap on the shoulder. 
with 12 months to go, saying that, you know, regardless of whether he stays or not, they're not going to force him out right now, but he's not going to be re-signed moving forward, which is no surprise. No. They've got stains. They've got plenty of guys pushing through. Well, the the, the death knell was when they re-signed stains for big coin because they were saying that, you know, he was shopping himself around and whether Penrith were able to sort of match it. Once they said, yes, we're going to match you at basically top 17 money, there was always going to have to be someone move out of that top 17 I think Farah and Mansour are the, the two. Well, we've been saying they're going to try and they're, move. They're the so. two. Yeah. And the other one would be if, you know, Naden's someone they think they can replace. And to keep Burton, they're going to have to move Farah, I think. Well, I think the one with Burton <clears throat> is more can they sell him on playing somewhere else? The talk last year was they talked about him being a, a ball playing back row or a 13 or playing at centre. Like, to me, the obvious one that you could fit him in right now would be playing centre. It's one out from the half spot. He's a big body, he's a good ball runner. I think that, that's my point. There. But yeah. does he want to play there? Is he happy to be there or does he think he's a half? If he thinks he's a half, I think they're going to keep Jerome and there's not a path there. If that's the case, I don't think he's there in 12 months. But it's to me, if I'm Burton, I'd rather stay at Penrith. And if not, again, I know I've said it 100 times and sorry to the Bulldogs fans, but there's going to be more offers than just the Bulldogs. So I'm not rushing into signing with the Bulldogs if I'm mm-hmm. at Burton. No. And it sounds easy coming from me. I have no doubt that if Melbourne have someone like Jerome Hughes on the market or they've got a couple of guys that have moved on they've got money. Someone like Melbourne wouldn't surprise me. Mitchell Moses' situation moving forward in Parramatta having a sniff. Someone like Brisbane up there who aren't sold on their house parents. There's going to be a lot more clubs than just the Bulldogs that are interested in someone like Matt Burton. He's going to have options. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Um, but yeah, Source, as we said, they've basically tapped you on the shoulder and it's just what happens when you have guys push through and you look at players you've got there and you've got an older bloke who's on big money, it's just natural attrition. You keep one or two of those, so they've re-signed Toto, upgraded stains, natural effect of that, 30-year-old winger, has come off a couple of injuries, had a good year this season. It's probably the best possible time to take him on the shoulder because of the form he showed last year, which, again, smart clubs would figure out that also comes as a result of who played on the inside of him. Um, it's the best time to move those guys on when they're at least playing at a decent level. So I'm sure they'll be able to get out of that situation. Still yet to see what happens with Faro, but wouldn't be surprised if him and Naden uh, are two guys that look to go. And they've wasted no time as far as filling in for the five or six spots that they've got for next year with players they've moved on. Robert Jennings, still only 24, played in that premiership side. In the under-20s, he comes back on a one-year basement deal, and Matt Eisenhoof from the Tigers, or someone that clearly would know from his time there, pushed out of the club there. Same deal, two years basement kind of deal, bargain dollars, uh, just depth for your squad. Yeah. And more kids pushing in. So they're making moves straight away. South, James Roberts, it's all but apparent that he's gone. He's going to be free to walk away and he's going to be happy to walk away. Inches from the Knights and the Bulldogs, um, in all honesty, said from the start, couldn't believe that Bennett gave him the deal. I know he's had the relationship with him, the link, but $600,000 and the amount of outside backs they had. Like, how many, how many centers wingers do you want? And then that situation now where on top of that, they've told Corey Allen he can leave a year early if he wants to. Because the decision they've made and the way they've spent their money and their salary cap and loaded up on all these outside backs has led them to a point where they're now sitting there going, well, we want to extend Latrell off the back of an injury. And they obviously think form-wise he's the right one for them to play there moving forward. They want to upgrade him, which I don't agree with money-wise. I'd, I'd extend him, but I wouldn't be giving him any more than he's probably on right now. Yeah. But with that and the Roberts move, they've got themselves in a cap bind. So it's not even a matter of why would you let Allen go 12 months earlier. They're resigned to the fact they're not going to be able to keep him. Yeah, exactly so they're right. doing the right yeah. thing by the player, <clears throat> given the way they've restrained themselves. And the Roberts thing, if Roberts is willing to leave 
on his own accord and free up the money, they're very lucky. Because if he wanted to stand his ground with the time that's left on his deal, I think he's got two years left with the coin he's on. I, I dare say that another club would get them to pay at least half of what he's on right now, 100%. given his injuries and what could possibly happen uh, with him moving on. So, yeah, the Allen one, a lot of people I saw today saying, oh, how's that happening? Well, that, they're just loaded on outside backs. They've got Burns coming back next year, who's also been injury prone. Um, they got Masters locked up. They've, they've got a lot of guys tied up the outside backs. Gagai's been sounded out the last year or two to be moved on, but ended up having a pretty good season. Like, at some point, you need to make crunch decisions. And if they're going to pay up for Luttrell off the back of that injury in the form, little bits they saw before he got hurt, um, someone has to go. Plain and simple. Yep. Uh, we said it last week that Vunavalu apparently was getting cold feet over the Reds in rugby, which doesn't surprise me. But Well, what, wouldn't he? There was talk today <clears> also <throat> that Addo Carr potentially will be still at Melbourne next year. So this whole circus just carries on. It's not a circus. Um, but It's very simple. It'd be very, very simple. There's talk, obviously, I said the other week that they were going to get Lumi Lumi in for one of those spots for first crack and that George Jennings was not confirmed yet, but is more than likely to sign a two-year deal to head down to Melbourne. Mm. Um, but, yeah, if Addo Carr stays, that would definitely wouldn't be frowned upon for another 12 months. Well, are they going to have the money to keep him if they've just signed these other players to sort of replace him? Definitely. We just lost Tino. Yeah. I still think Smith's going. I don't think Tino was on big coin. And we moved on five or six other guys. Yeah, he was on okay coin. Not the deal that he got off by the Titans, but his deal wasn't uh, base level. They had him locked up pretty early from his junior rep stuff. Um, and Sully moved on as well, so that's a bit of coin there. But, yeah, interesting to see how that one works out. And they don't need to re-sign him, well, coin-wise, he's already under contract. Mm. So he's already part of the cap situation. Um, Siani Mataria, Newcastle, there's been talk about air last few weeks. Talk is he's going to St. Helens. Natural kind of move there, I guess, with the, the players they've got there. Playing between centre, playing between back row, some time off the bench, some concussion, injury problems. Um, I, I don't think he's you know a long term plan at Newcastle, in particular off those head knocks the last few years. Super League might be a good move, extend his career, get some more consistent football. St Helens obviously a strong club, uh, and the other link on the back of that is now a knock on effect of they're apparently looking at Jake Clifford from North Queensland to bring down as another possible candidate for the half situation and Todd Payton's apparently keen to get Benji Marshall so interesting to see if that gets locked in played with him obviously in 05 yeah looking to bring someone experienced up there possibly work with drink water and some of their younger players the Jason Saab situation just carries on he wanted out uh, they were talking about trades or swaps or facilitating that move new staff have obviously come into St George now they want compensation they won't let him go until said time, and they've made a move we spoke about last week. Farmasuli was released from the Roosters to go to the Dragons for two years. So, a bit of a Mexican standoff there to see if they can get a player. Bevan French is another one linked to coming back over here. Jackson Hastings mentioned again, but I'm pretty sure they just said he's now re-signed. Bevan French has been linked to go back to Parramatta and Brisbane. I don't, you've watched more of the Super League than I have. He's, he's clearly playing some good football. Yeah, but that that competition is horrendous. And I, I've slammed it for a few. Is, no, but is he playing one or six? One. Okay, because when he got punted down here, they kept playing him at six, and I thought he was trying to change tack, but he's playing one for Wigan. Yeah. All right. Did you see him coming over here and make an impact? Or no, no. Pretty much same same as before. No. Not like not not until like that competition returns to a regular schedule, and you know the the teams are as strong as you know what they have been previously. 
at the moment. You know, like there's teams going out with COVID and they're playing on three and four day turnarounds. Papa John's pizza for free. It's yeah, it's look, they're they're just trying to get the season played to get the TV money, but they're now in renegotiation. They're at the end of their TV deal, so they're they're in a really really precarious spot. The Super League. Well, that's a conversation for you know another show, but. For anyone that's been watching, the standard, you know, and I've watched Super League for 20 years almost, but um, yeah, it's the standard's dropped off significantly, I think, this year. Anyway. Well, well, one other player, and again, seen a little bit of him for England, but he's still linked over here, and now he's signed with an Australian manager. It's Sam Ayub is Oliver Gilder, the international. So original talks were a few clubs were linked to him. The Raiders naturally were one of those clubs. Talk about people like the Bulldogs, the Roosters. They, you see this throwing around left, right, and center. I've only seen little bits of Gildart. I've generally been probably not the biggest fan of their outside backs coming here. Uh, I think the two guys, again, that we needed to see came too late. Callum Watkins came too late and after an ACL injury, and Ryan Hall turned up, same deal, probably too late and off an ACL injury. Yeah. So the two guys I thought in peak condition and peak form could have done well here both came at the back end of the career. But Gildart, you know much about him or see much of Gildart? Yeah. Could you see him playing? Yeah. Centre wing somewhere? Yeah, he could do. Yeah. He could do, but again, I, I don't know. I, it's Previously, I've been able to sort of talk about players and how their form would line up, but Not the case. I thought the standard of the NRL went up this year mm. across the board, uh, and the standard of the Super League, you know, went down. Like, the, the Broncos would go over there and win the Super League. Or they'd go bloody close to winning the Super League and they, they won our wooden spoon. Yeah. And they lost, what, 16 to 17 games or whatever it was in the restart or 17 of 18 games from from the COVID restart. So, uh, you yeah, know, in previous time. previous years, you know, you've had those Rhinos teams. Uh, I think this St. Helens team over there at the moment is, is okay. Uh, I think the St. Helens team last year uh, was better than the the side that's running around this year, but you know that those Leeds Rhino sides came over, you know, and played Melbourne in Melbourne, and you know got beat by twelve, I think it was. Uh, and I know it was at the wrong time of the year, but they they weren't fools, those sides. You know, the the Wiggins that come over uh, and and played, they they were good sides. But um, yeah, at the moment, English rugby league's in a bit of a flat spot. They're also trying to adjust with the fact that a lot of players are coming here. So that that's impacting the standard of the competition as well. That you know, it used to just be the odd one or two would come over. Now I reckon we've probably got twenty well, it's English a knock- players over here now. It's a knock-on effect of everything, isn't it? It's the standard of play over there. It's yeah, the, money, the money. It's the lifestyle. It's the experience. A lot of guys are succeeding now, or the better ones are succeeding, yeah. and they're coming early. And even their younger players, which wouldn't come here, we're starting to see them get picked up from the twenties age. There's yeah. that young guy that's going to Newcastle next year. Herbie, the big center. Herbie, I think, was out here through the junior pathways a bit earlier. But, yeah, Harry rushed in Canberra to replace Bateman, signed the young 20-year-old back rower who's got big wraps on him. So I think he's not even on a full-time deal next year. He's on yeah. a development deal, but they're more than likely going to play him in the cup and pathway system. So they're even starting to take him in the development stage. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's becoming a more common theme, that's for sure. A uh, few last ones to finish off. Canberra that you speak of, just re-signed Jordan Rapana on a two-year deal and Harvey was extended wow. on a one-year option. The Eels, they made a couple of moves last that we spoke of. They're apparently looking at Nathaniel Roach, the hooker, for a development deal. Off a lot of injuries, the few games he did play when he has been healthy, which is his biggest issue, 
looks like a good player, but at the same time, he also looks like one of these guys that's just going to be cursed um, and just never be able to stay on the field. So, interesting to see what happens there. And the last one is just this continuation of the Roosters and Souths hating each other and stealing players. They had a bit of a freeze for a few years, but Mm -hmm. things ramped up the other week when they said they were going after Sawali. South said, we don't care where you want to go, but the only place we won't let you go early is the Roosters. You'll be staying here next year. Roosters have ramped things up. There's talks that they're happy for any of those clauses to be in the contract because they think they've got the environment where he won't want to leave. They've had Sonny Bill, Nick Pilatus talk to him. Um, the war continues. Yeah. And again, they're saying that they're poaching our players, but it's gone both ways. They stole one of their best young SG ball players and signed into a three-year deal not long ago in Talis Duncan, yeah. South Sydney. So they throw rocks both ways. We've seen Crichton cross over and go. We saw Luttrell go the year before. We've seen Kiri. It's a, it's a never-ending battle, but it's great. So, just something else to watch, I guess. Yeah. But, um, there you go. Origin 1 on the radar this Wednesday over in Adelaide. Neutral venue, very important and interesting to see how this game fares, which is usually so physical and fast under this new set of rules. But also, like we said, for the first time after a season with so many other variables that we've never seen. It'll be interesting to see the quality of the game, if it's affected or not affected, if it's better. Uh, there's so many unknowns given this is the first time this circumstance has played out but looking forward to it as Blues fans hoping for a a clean sweep because I'd hate to be going one all to Queensland that's generally not been a good not not been a good situation it'd make for a better series I'd make for an awesome honestly from a football perspective much like we said last week uh, about the grand final happy with the result as a Melbourne fan yeah but the game as a spectacle or attending wasn't great for Origin to finish the year off, a three-game series would be fantastic. It'd make it much more interesting, 100%. Yeah. And I'd like it that way, but again, uh, if New South Wales did wrap it up in two, wouldn't be complaining. Mm. Hope not. I, I think the series would go to shit if that last game's a dead rubber. Like, players will be trying to get out of the bubble. and Oh, there'll be injuries galore and yeah. pull-outs and all sorts. So, It'll yeah. make for a messy game through. I think you might be right about that one. But before we leave, move me in. One of our sponsors, as we spoke about the last few weeks... We've had a few click-throughs and people signing up, so yep. that's good. And again, there's no links to it. There's no attachments. It's pretty straightforward. There's no fucking attachment, Look, mate. If you want to see if you can save some money on your gas or electricity... Move me in. It's pretty straightforward. Click on the link, see what you can do, and if you can get a better deal through Move Me In, you don't have to talk to a call centre, mate. No one wants to talk on the phone. You get a free... $45 voucher from Domino's so you can get a big New York-style cheesy for when you're 12 deep straggling and walked in the yeah, door. That'll be me this time tomorrow night. Yep. Ordering a Domino's Oof. New Yorker. And you also get uh, free count. coffees from Participate Cafes. How good? Like we said, save yourself some dollars. Just have a look and get some free pizza. If you got a good deal or you're happy with what you got, don't do it. But mm. if you do, click on the link. We've had a few posts up. Make sure you click specifically on the fifth and last link. Um, see if you can save some cash. And hey, um, just on coffee, mm. like a bit of a random comment. Yeah, here we go. I had a um, had a Starbucks coffee yesterday. Terrible for. No, it wasn't bad. Yeah, I disagree. I've with heard you. terrible, and maybe it was just the bloke that made it. Like he was. Well, I'll go a different way. He was that. into it. He right. was. It was good. Did you find good coffee in the US? Did I? Yeah, I wasn't drinking coffee when I was in the US. Well, I drank coffee there. Europe and Australia, and I'll say one thing. We've got the best coffee in the world. Fuck, we're lucky. Yeah. Jeez, we do a good job. Yeah. 
Europe, there were some good ones, but some countries that I thought were coffee places, terrible. But the US, dreadful. It was all filtered. It was all crap. It was all black coffee. Like They don't do any of the stuff that we do. They don't froth. The, like, I had one good coffee the whole time I was in the US, and it was at the last hotel I stayed at in San Francisco, and I almost fell off my chair because I'm like caffeine dependent. As yeah. I've said before, and one of the listeners messaged me the other week, when I said my head feels like it's being crushed by the hand of Thanos if I don't have one early in the morning. Yeah. I get migraines. Well, I, did I, a, I did a 24-hour fast today, so it meant I'll skip my Oof. coffee today. Nah, I couldn't do it. So I'd shut down. From 6 p.m. last night or 6 p.m. tonight? Mate, in the U.S., I struggled. I forced, like, shit yeah, but coffees my, in. The biggest issue for me is not food. I, I don't struggle to not go without food for 24 hours. I struggle to go without coffee in the I morning. I need coffee. I was flat this morning. Mate, I don't talk at work until I get coffee. Yeah. I grunt at people. <clears throat> that shit, like, is the first hour of my day. When I wake up and I'm at work, it's just there's no communication. Coffee is the key for Lewis to operate during the day. If you want my best effort for the team, you need to get caffeine into my system. That's right. Otherwise, you can't win a promotion. But yeah, <laughs> honestly, any department, anybody out there, if you've done a bit of travelling, let me know. But on it, like, that last day in San Fran, my missus looked at me like I was a freak. Yeah, I but was, look, I've avoided like there's a Starbucks right near my work. I, yeah, can, I can drive through the whole kit and caboodle. You didn't have Starbucks and coffee I, in America because I'm telling no, you, but that. I'd imagine it'd be different he, here. That's completely there, different. Yeah. It's not filtered shit. Right. Yeah, like we do our stuff. Yeah, right. But I'm, just, I'm just giving Starbucks a little bit of credit where credit is due, Jimmy. Aussie and, Starbucks. You know they had a um, thumbs up. They had a coconut bread. Yeah, that's nice. Which was outstanding. So I had a I had a cap, and a, I couldn't work out the sizes because she's going grande and this and that. I said, look, I just want fucking one that's about 400 mils. Well, I'm going to go my Matt Preston's on you right now, or Fat Preston's, I like to call him. He used to be on MasterChef. The best combination and the best thing in the morning when you're just not feeling it is a nice strong double shot cap yeah. And a nice sweet piece of banana bread because you get the colours, the flex, the textures and the flavours. <laughs> You've got the bitterness of the coffee and the sweetness of the bread and there it just you go. Okay. explodes in the mouth. Okay. There you go. Fat presents. Master Chef. Yeah, but I don't eat like if I, I just have a coffee. That's oh, it. mate. Double I, shot banana coffee. bread and a nice strong cap. And Every having... Friday I, I do me I do a Macca's morning. I'd get a Macca's coffee yeah. and a and a sausage McMuffin. Bitter and sweet. Sausage no. McMuffin. You want me a sausage McMuffin? <laughs> Show me your clippers. They shut at 10.30. Mate, seriously. Bitterness and sweet. Banana bread, strong coffee. Yeah. Can't beat the combo. It's outstanding. Oh, big time. But speaking of The other one is uh, the the US election's on. That's random. I I enjoy impersonating Donald Trump. I follow it pretty hard, man. I I don't don't mind US politics. I know a mate of mine at work. He's going to have the day off. That's And he's got spreadsheets. And he's gambled, like, on every state. He's, he's gambling he on the points, like the whole whole thing. He showed me all this stuff. He's doing a lot of research, so it's great. That's massive. Issue. He's he's, I guess, combining his love of U.S. politics into a, like a gambling a severe problem. It's, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I, I was just I just say admiration with politics. It's, it's outstanding. The only thing I like is just listening to Trump because he's so quotable. And that voice. Anastasia got back in in Queensland, so enjoy that Queensland. Let us in, you fuck. So <laughs> we're still we're, we're still blocked oh. out. I'm just it's I'm angry. I want to explain next year. I work with people who are working in Penrith with me, but because they live in the Blue Mountains, they can go let us in to Queensland. Fly. But they're in Penrith every day with me. And that whole bullshit that oh if you live in the ACT you can come up here. How fucking long is that drive? Is you have to get out somewhere in New South Wales. You're not driving 
with a snorkel on, with your window halfway down, not breathing yeah. the oxygen of New South Wales. Like, is she fucking kidding herself or what? Yeah. Like, seriously. And, yeah, just Palaszczuk. Wow. Sorry to know about Queensland listeners if you're a fan of Palaszczuk, but come on, like, let's be honest. Letting in everyone but metropolitan Sydney when we've barely got any community transmissions. We're basically the only ones that we're getting now yeah. are return travellers. And then you say, oh, if you're from the... Bl- the Blue Mountains literally is two minutes behind us and I have people come down and work with me every day on sites with hundreds of random people, but they're allowed to go. So you tell them they're no, they're no less exposed than me because they live in the Blue Mountains, are they? They literally work in Penrith. Strange. They shop in Penrith. They do everything in Penrith, which is computer metropolitan Sydney. Like, seriously. Ridiculous. Yeah. Come on. Come on. It's ridiculous. Needs to be an investigation. Mm. So when is the US election? Just random before we finish? Uh, it is Tuesday their time, Wednesday our time, I believe. We have a few US listeners. There's Astro and there's Brian, old styler on Twitter. Yeah. Messages. And I, like I said, I know nothing about it, but I like Trump stuff on the TV every night just to give an impression for yeah. Australian media. Wednesday our time. He cuts clips every day that they just hammer. No one's got an idea of what's going on. So come about well, 3, yeah. 3 p.m. Wednesday. I have a pretty good idea on who the US president's going to be. All I know is, great president, yeah, huge. Going to build a big wall, yeah. Mm. Sleepy Joe, yeah. <laughs> well, Joe Biden actually said that he was running against George Bush this week. That's how fucking no clue that bloke's, bloke is. Uh, I'm not getting involved in anything to do with the US. Yeah. I just yeah. hope, all I can say... It's a big week. you got Melbourne Cup tomorrow. Those few blokes... That- Who's your tip for the Cup? Well, it's the tip you sent me today now. Surprise, Surprise baby. Surprise, baby. But I've had a couple of uh, smaller bets. Tiger Moth. I've got a futures on Very Elegant. So I had um, uh, a futures bet on it uh, at 25 to 1. So I had 10 on that. So I stand to win 250 if she wins. Um, but, yeah, I, I like Surprise, baby. I've had a trifecta with threw a few in. Mm. It's a strong cup this year. There's There's a lot of different winners, I guess. Like you've got... Very elegant. Who won the Caulfield Cup? You've got Sir Dragon A who won the Cox Plate. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's interesting. You got Tiger Moth who's got really good foreign form. You got last year's winner in Vow and Declare. Uh, you've got horses like Prince of Aaron who've run good races. Surprise Baby who ran a good race. Finch. Yeah, so it's a bloody strong race this year. Um, uh, Van Dyke, what's that? Sir Van Dyke. Van Dyke. Yeah, that, that ran a good race. So it's a really, really um, hard one to line up. Looks like the weather's going to be good. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a great day tomorrow. I'm off work. You're off work. So, well, all I can say, we're going to be in, we'll probably have our first schoon army at midday. Races, football, great combat. Into the origin, US election the same day, into Oaks on Thursday, into. Stakes day on Saturday into another origin next Wednesday. Oh, heavy. Mate. Well, I'll just... Super League mixed in there as well. I'll finish on this note. NFL. Congratulations to those people in Victoria from that lockdown that you're all out. I hope everyone, like we said before... Do you know what's the longest lockdown anywhere in the world? Anyone's endured anywhere in the world? There you go. And fucking good on you for hanging it in because that's that's hard yakka. And like we said before, we hope everyone stayed safe and stayed well and we're busy and uh, connected and, you know... Fingers crossed that things stay how they are now and get back to normal as soon as possible, in particular heading into Christmas time and this time of year, um, that you know everyone can be out and about and have some freedoms and get back to work and things get back on track. And more importantly, like you said, just the connections with friends and family 
and to the few listeners like Styler, Astro and those in the US, uh, I was a little bit concerned, and again, I don't follow the situation, to see people that are like boarding up their shops and prepping for a possible result. I hope regardless of what the result is, that everyone just stays safe. Because yeah. things have already been crazy enough in the US this year. So I genuinely hope, regardless of who gets in, that everyone just, yeah, is all good. Because we've got a few people, expat Aussies as well, that messages from over in the US. So, uh, yeah. Great stuff for the Vicks. Stay safe for the Yanks. And the Queenslanders, you're all good people, but your Premier's a dickhead. Let us oh. in. Let us in. <laughs> oh, seriously, what's the logic? I already explained it before. Blue Mountains, come work in Penrith, mingle with everyone in Penrith, go to all the yeah. shops, but you can go up to Queensland, we can't. Like, seriously. She's got problems with There's not there. a bubble between the Blue Mountains and Penrith in certain parts. All right? Makes no sense. Anyway. Makes no sense. But finishing off. Sidetrack. Penrith Solar. Coffee. It's that time of year. Great weather. Nice and warm. Put some money back into your back pocket. If you're interested in getting a solar system, look no further than the Penrith Solar Centre. The best defense is offense, and the best defense you can have in place against the nasty situation of rising power bills is solar. Penrith Solar Center is your go-to. They are the leader in solar specialists. They have little control. Oh, sorry. You have little control over your team's outcome, but the expert team at PSC are devoted to giving you control of your bills back. Let the sun work for you, your home, and your back pocket. Save thousands per year in energy costs. <laughs> Give them a call today, 1820 for now, enjoy the races, enjoy Origin, and uh, like we said, stay safe, stay happy, enjoy your week, and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on, give us more, give us more, where are you going, where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.